Hello friends and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I'm here to validate and support others who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Obviously, I'm here for my queers, but everyone is welcome here. Today, I'm going to talk about late bloomers and our tendency to get into abusive relationships. Okay, two things before I begin. One, I am sitting outside on the terrace in my Airbnb in Spain, so you might hear, like you probably just did, a little bit of background noise. Um... It's early morning, so the birds are out, and I'm actually multitasking, getting ready for the day because we have an adventure day today, Um, but yeah, it's pretty loud, so I apologize for that. And two, this is my second attempt at recording this episode. I recorded it. um, I tried to kind of like work ahead before my son and I left for Spain, Um, but when I went to listen back to it this morning to make sure it was all good, I couldn't hear myself, so I don't know what went wrong, but we're going to try again. Okay, yep, I'm definitely taking a risk by recording this episode outside because as soon as I started making, like, my next little intro piece, the bells of the church next door started going off. So, we'll see how this goes. Um, But before I begin, I just want to say that none of this is meant to be, like, fear-mongering tactics. I'm not trying to scare anyone out of coming out or out of starting um, a relationship or, like, just dating someone or someone's. Um, obviously this is where we want to be. We're late to the game and we want to hit the ground running. Um, if you know me, um, like my approach isn't to be out here like everyone should be so afraid, but just to be like, hey, let's pay attention to the red flags. Let's learn what a healthy relationship looks like. Let's not end up like Lindsay and be abused for two and a half years and have a kid involved and not even really understand what was going on until the last year. (laughs) So that's my point. Um, I just don't want anyone to think that I'm out here like trying to (laughs) keep you all in the closet. (laughs) So just before I started talking about my relationship having been abusive, I left, I think it took me about a month or two to say the word abuse um, because it's really scary to come out and start talking about something like that. Um, but I was talking about how toxic it was. I was using the word toxic and I would ask in polls, like if you came out late or even if you didn't, like, was your first queer relationship toxic? Again, I used the word toxic, so maybe I should do another poll, but the answer was a resounding yes. The numbers are staggering. How many people like come out, get into a relationship and end up being abused, or at the very least, having it be super, super toxic. So why is that? I mean, obviously, I haven't done, like, a million studies. I haven't been, like, gosh, hi, birds. Um, I've been, like, sitting somewhere, like, running tests and running, you know, analyzing data or anything like that. But from what I can see and from what I experienced, because we're coming out late a lot of us after marriage a lot of us after having kids we feel like severely delayed in our 
trajectory in life. We feel like we were so behind our peers who, you know, came out in high school or came out in college or whatever that might be. And so, like I said earlier, we want to hit the ground running. We really want to start dating another queer person. We want to know what it feels like to be in that kind of relationship. And when someone comes along, whether or not they're good for us, we jump headfirst into their arms. We dive right in. We don't stop to think about it. Or we do. But we think that what's going on is normal. So let's look into those couple of situations. So again, first we have the, you know, this is the first person who came along. They're treating me really well. Um, I feel good about this. I want to know how it feels to be in this kinds of relationships. So I'm just going to do it. We feel seen. We finally feel like we're in the kind of relationship that we want to be in. I just remember desperately wanting to, like I said, feel seen as a queer person. Like, yes, look, I have this partner. Yes, look, I'm doing this thing. And that's not why I was doing it. I genuinely thought that this person was good for me because, of course, the love bombing um, can be a little bit confusing. It's it's all-encompassing in the beginning, and you think you found your soulmate, and you're falling in love, and it's not until it's too late that you're like, oh, shit, this wasn't real. Um, but you're so happy to just like be able to go on dates with this person who was everything that you wished you could have when you didn't even know you were gay. Like I remember seeing, um, a girl I dated the first time that I came out um, when I lived in Florida and she would post pictures with her now wife and they're super adorable and I love that for them. So it wasn't jealousy of this girl it wasn't like I wouldn't see those pictures and say I wish I was with her it was I want what she has and yet of course you know you're married to a man so you're not still putting together the pieces completely or maybe you're not maybe you're just sitting there but you're still just like not fully understanding why you're having those feelings because a lot of us grew up in a place where that's just not an option um even though like I said I did come out for a while I still just was convinced that it was just a phase because that's what people say. It was just a phase. You just needed attention. You were just trying things out. And, you know, that's not really true. Okay? Some people probably do. Um, but I don't know about that. Anyway. So you're super excited to be here. And one thing that was very problematic for me, um, besides not being able to really understand the red flags, even though I saw them and definitely felt things and questioned them in my gut I just I didn't understand I didn't know what it was um I didn't know what I was getting into but because you're new to this you're a little baby gay you don't realize that this isn't healthy because a lot of people in our queer community do move quickly I mean the jokes are you know the U-Haul lesbian the 72-hour date we're moving at the speed of light. Um, it's cute. It's romantic. It's healthy. It's the way to do things, to move fast. And if you see a couple who's just kind of like taking things slow, maybe they're not committing yet, they're just sort of hanging out, people just assume that it's just a hookup or it's not healthy or they don't really like each other. They're not willing to like make that commitment after 24 hours of knowing each other. And like in our community, that's like not a good thing. When in reality, obviously, it should be the opposite. Now, some of y'all are going to be like, hey, don't call me out. You know, and some people, whenever I talk about this whole moving fast thing, um, because moving fast is a very common abuse tactic, they have to move so quickly. 
to get you hooked so that they can keep you because you're already like you're freaking neck deep in whatever the heck they're gonna do with you and you don't know how to get out um so why are we moving so fast and again some of y'all are gonna be like well i met my partner and after you know five days we moved in together and everything's fine we've been together for 30 years fine good for you it does happen sometimes i am aware of that but it's very rare and i always say that would you rather slow down and avoid being abused or go quickly and have the possibility of being abused and would you want that for your friends and your family members and your kids which one would you want so while i know that the tiktok lesbians aren't going to slow down on making that kind of content and encouraging that kind of behavior i'm scrolling past that stuff i'm hitting not interested because yeah you could say oh you're just bitter oh you're just angry oh you're just no i just maybe i don't know i just really don't want to see it and i don't think that it's good and i don't think it's healthy and i think it definitely contributes to the high the staggering amount of people who end up in abusive queer relationships especially that first first one in fact yesterday i shared a graphic on instagram that says one in two LGBTQ folks will experience domestic violence in their lifetime. That's a staggering number. Half of us. Half of us. <laughs> so, there you go. As the baby gay, you are looking up to if you, I mean, if you end up in a relationship with another baby gay, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I've never been there. I don't know if that means that you're both figuring things out together and maybe it's done in a healthier way. Probably just depends on the people. I don't know if you're both just like, holy crap, we're both coming out at the same time. Let's get married tomorrow. I don't know. But the truth is that if you get into a relationship with an abusive person who happens to also have been out for a very long time, for example, my abuser had been out since college I believe but knew they were gay for pretty much all their life um you look at this person like they know so much more than you that they are the authority on how queer relationships work so when something's happening and you're like no one's ever moved this fast with me no one has ever like I've never dated someone who wanted to be with me 24 7 all the time like well maybe that's because they were men and men are weird and men need a lot of space and maybe this is how it goes in queer relationships so I'm just going to go with it. Um, And in fact, this is like a side story. This is more of the like um, specific like abuse stuff. When I did, um, so in the beginning, because I do have a son, like we stayed together every night as you do when you're a lesbian following that storyline of having to be together all the time. Um, We stayed together pretty much every night from the beginning. And then I would get up and leave with my son because I was like, this person isn't used to having a kid around. I'm going to take him away and um, go spend like half the day at my house with him, get stuff done, just hang out alone with him, blah, blah, blah. And they did a, another common abuse tactic, which is making up a fake emergency scenario. In this case, it was that they were having like a panic attack and couldn't get off the couch and had a migraine and thought they were going to die and all this stuff. Um, Sorry, trying to make some espresso there. Um, and so I ended up coming over and staying and staying and then staying because they, they didn't want me to go. And then that was it. They had me 
they needed to do that for like two or three days. And then it was just like usual thing for me to be there all the time. And that was, that was it. That's what they do. So, you know, if you don't know any better and yes, yeah, some straight people do that too. Some straight people spend all their time together. Um, and actually someone did ask me to do an episode on codependence. And so maybe I'll get into that, but I do need to do a little bit more research because I don't like to just like say things that I don't know a lot about. Um, but yeah, things come up and you, even though you've been in relationships with men, even though if you're like me, you've been married to a man, you're going, so right. You do have relationship experience. You're going, there's something off about this, but this person is making it seem like it's completely normal, that this is just what we do, that this is how queer people date. So I'm going to trust them. I'm going to go in head first. I'm going to try to make this work because this, this seems like the way to do it. So here we go. And that's not okay. That's not good. That's why, again, I feel very anti-stereotypical lesbian let's make a bunch of content about this and show people that this is the way we do things kind of stuff. Okay, after my usual preview, I decided to add a little side note that it is also quite common for people to still be, we'll say in the closet, you're not aware that you're queer or you suspect that you might be queer, but you have never been with anyone before. A lot of times what happens is, I'm going to get called out for this. (laughs) Probably not because I feel like the people who listen to this are going to understand what I'm saying. There is a subgroup of lesbians in our community who specifically target women who are passing as straight, who are in hetero relationships, who have never been with women before. Um, it's, it's quite common. And so here's what I want to say about that. While it is possible that the right person comes along, let's say, that kind of gently helps you take that step out of the closet and is loving and caring and patient and kind and lets you do it at your own pace, um, you know, obviously supports you in that time of grappling with all the changes you'll need to make if you're married to a man or in a relationship with a man, especially if you have kids. And it's kind of just supportive and letting it happen and waiting for you to be ready to do that. That would be ideal. That person who comes along knows very well that you're in a hetero relationship and is encouraging rapid changes in your life. They're encouraging you to leave quickly. They're, as in my case, encouraging you to have a swift and ugly divorce, despite the fact that you have a child with that person. Um, They're giving you like, it doesn't necessarily seem like a threat, but okay, an ultimatum where they're saying, hey, um, I don't actually date married women. This feels morally wrong to me. Um, You know, if you weren't married, I would absolutely be with you. What they're actually doing is putting pressure on you to leave. And since you've already been hooked on the love bombing, which again, my very first episode is about love bombing. So if you don't know what that is, go check that out for some signs um, and some tactics along that line. You're already hooked on the attention. 
you're hooked on the idea of this person. You're hooked on being on this fake pedestal they've put you on. And they're trying to push you out of there so that they can have you for themselves. And a lot of times, it's just an ego boost. It's a way to have control over someone and more than one person. If you have a, a partner already and you have kids, it's a huge ego boost. It's a huge... Um, it, it just, to, to a lot of people, it proves to them that they are more desirable than a man, that people will leave their partners for them. It's it's a big deal. And I really don't want that to happen to you. So again, I'm not trying to tell you not to date, but to be cautious and to really pay attention to how this person is approaching you. If you aren't out of the closet yet and you meet someone who you feel like I mean, you're, it's not going to feel aggressive to you at the time, but this person is literally trying to shove you out of the closet. And we don't want that because a lot of times it's going to end up poorly. It's going to go badly. You're going to be in a situation that they don't care that you're in. They don't care that it's hard for you. They don't care that you and your child's father now have a horrible relationship, that things are hard for you, you know, if they discard you or vice versa, they don't care that you know how to pick up all these pieces. So anyway, I've gone on a little longer than I wanted to about this subject. Again, not everyone is like that, but keep both eyes open if you are in a relationship when you meet that perfect person who you want to come out and be with. Like I said, for some people, it's literally just a game and that's all they will date. And most of them are usually biphobic as well, which if you haven't heard about any of that, there's a lot of this going on on TikTok where you see women who say that they, you know, they prefer straight women. They're like, I'll turn you. If your husband treats you like crap, I'll take care of you. And yeah, there's a lot of us that are um, suffering or we're suffering from compulsory heterosexuality. If I'm throwing a bunch of terms at you and you're not on TikTok and you haven't seen all this stuff... Uh, just follow me or you don't have to follow me, but check me out on TikTok and Instagram or Instagram. Send me a DM. I'll send you some resources about it. If you're like, I'm just trying to catch up on all these words here, but it's predatory. And if they're biphobic and they won't date a bi woman because she has multiple attractions, but they're willing to date a woman who has a husband who's never been with women, that's an issue. So how do we avoid it? We learn about the red flags. We pay attention to the red flags. We don't ignore the red flags. Um, I suggest that you learn about narcissism specifically, even though obviously not everyone who's abusive or toxic is a narcissist. If you learn about the, or in fact, just learn about emotional abuse, go to the hotline.org um, because we all know what physical abuse is, although I guarantee you there's a lot more on the list than you think there is. Go to the hotline.org and research. Read every list, even if you just do it once, and know what abuse looks like. Abuse is so much more than just someone hitting you or leaving marks on your body. So know if someone, know what gaslighting looks like, know what manipulation looks like. Know what projection and breadcrumbing and love bombing looks like so that when you start to get that, if you start to get that, hopefully you don't, you can stop and say, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. I think I read this somewhere. 
I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to make sure that this isn't what's really happening. And the second most important thing is to set boundaries. If you set boundaries in the beginning and that person reacts poorly, that's pretty much a sign. That's a sign that there's something going on here, whether they're abusive or not. They definitely don't respect your boundaries. They're definitely um, more looking out for what they want. And so you can then say, hey, that's not going to work for me. I need to have these boundaries in place. Once again, I was interrupted by the church bells, but that's okay. Um, Essentially, the point I'm trying to make is that as queer people, as a community, it's really important for us to, for our own relationships and for each other, in order to protect each other from narcissistic people, from abusive people, from people who are going to lure you in with love bombing and then deliver insidious emotional abuse who knows, financial abuse, sexual abuse, um, physical abuse, any and all of the above. Again, some people aren't ready to hear this, but I do believe that as a community, it's time for us to come together and protect each other and change the narrative. Yeah, there are going to be some people who want to keep doing things the way that lesbians have always done them, but in order to protect each other from going through this, let's learn about it. Let's talk about it. Learn the red flags. Um, share content on Instagram talking about this kind of thing if you hear a friend talking about how quickly they're moving and how they found the love of their life three hours ago and they want to move in together let's speak up let's look out for each other let's make sure that we are helping to lower the number from half to hopefully someday none I know that that's a big goal but let's look out for each other let's help each other Okay, I'm keeping this episode pretty short because I am actually now waiting for a bus to head to another town, and so I don't want to stand here and talk. Who knows what kind of sounds are going to pop up, and I don't want this to be like hard to listen to, but before I wrap up, I want to let you know that I do have a t-shirt, um, also Razorback and Tank, available for purchase if you go to my website or thelivetrue.com. I partnered with The Live True to make this design come to life. It's pretty simple. It's a black shirt with the words valid across the chest in rainbow colors. Um, It's for not only my queer folks who have been invalidated since day one. You know, we're all taught that, you know, our sexuality is just a phase, that we're just attention seeking, all of those things. And it also can go for anybody who has experienced an abusive relationship because, as you know, if you've been in one, you were invalidated day in, day out. And so the message to me is very powerful. I want to be here to support and validate all of you. Um, so if you want to check that design out, again, go to my website, thelindsaygoodman.com or check out thelivetrue.com and get one today. If you get one and you like it, please tag me in your Instagram um, so I can see you rocking my, <laughs> my shirt. Okay, so as always, if you like this episode, you like this podcast, feel free to rate, review, subscribe. I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most. So the more that you do those things, the more this podcast gets out there. Obviously, also, you can share it to your Instagram story. You can share it to your feed, whatever you want to do. If you feel like there might be someone who could um, 
benefit from hearing these episodes, please, please do that. Um, if you want more from me, you can find me at the Lindsay Goodman on TikTok and Instagram, or you can visit my website again, thelindsaygoodman.com. Thank you so much. And I will see you all next week.